Good morning. It is Monday, March 21st, 2022, and this is DC Signal to Noise. Since we last talked, volatility in the grain markets remains even with corn and bean prices pivoting around key price levels. The Federal Reserve raised interest rates one quarter of a point. Spring sprung. I and Iowa State University sent not one, but two teams to the Sweet 16. And my bracket, my bracket is in the top 10 of the Ag Web Bracket wow. Buster Challenge. I'm AgriTalk host Jeff Flory. That is Pro Farmer Policy Analyst Jim Wiesmeyer. Good morning, Jim. Good morning. I got my new iPhone uh, Pro Max 13 green. I'm happy. I've, I've got a new iPhone 13. Is it Pro Max? No. Oh, because I'm not special enough to have Pro Max. <laughs> well, I was going to wait until the 14, but I went with a friend who got a new one for himself. And I'm such a sop. I just couldn't resist. Couldn't resist it. Couldn't resist it. <laughs> I'm telling you. So last night I was on Twitter a little bit during the basketball games and uh, during the women's game. My wife and I are big Iowa State women's fans and uh we're, we're watching the game, and I made this comment about Emily Ryan having a spectacular game. And her uncle tweeted me back. Oh, wow. And said, I'm a little biased, but Emily is having a great game. My, you know, my niece Emily is having a great <laughs> I couldn't believe it. It was fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. So I find out that Emily's dad is an ag teacher. I'm going to be reaching out to him That's a, this wow. week. I'm going to be reaching out world. to him this week. Small Absolutely, that's we might the have good to... side of so, of of the social. That that's the whole reason for social media, right yes. there. Yes, it's not I... for me to tell somebody why they're wrong in their thinking yes. on anything. I agree totally. Oh, Jim, 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 Jim. Hey, <clears throat> last week, March seventeenth, marked the start of Pro Farmers' fiftieth year. Of service. Yes. And you've been involved in most of those, Jim. Uh, most of those, all but I think six or seven years. You know, yeah. Pro Farmer tried to hire me once and then I turned them down. And then they came back, I think, a year later and offered me a trip to China that I couldn't resist. <laughs> <laughs> that sealed it. <laughs> that sealed it up. Yeah. Um, I got to be the editor of that newsletter for 17 years. Uh, worked for directly with with Pro Farmer for twenty five. Yes, and uh, you and I had some great great times. Uh, Butch Cassidy but, and the Sundance <laughs> getting out there on the road and doing seminars and, yes. and everything. My gosh, yes, Too the early more. days and even now. And we're a print publication who has survived, and I think that yep. says a lot right there and we've got some special issues in store i in fact i told brian grady the current editor today yep. i have one that i want to call uh pro farmer 50 50 looking back 50 years and then looking ahead 50 years and talking with the original two uh, owners uh yeah. meryl oster and jerry carlson and if yeah. you can limit them to one page that's successful right? <laughs> you got that right yeah no doubt no doubt yeah i'm uh, i'm looking forward to a big celebration in the year ahead it's yeah. uh it's really special 
Okay, you piqued my interest before we went on the air. I'll just ask you, what's going on with corn? One of my China watchers gave me a cryptic line. If you see corn limit up one day and don't really know the reason why, hmm. it's China coming in big time to the U.S. corn market. Well, um, last week we last week they came right out and said that they had six million ton of corn that they bought in Ukraine that they're not going to get their hands on. Yeah. Um, so I, I I guess it it wouldn't surprise me. And if we go back to the start of the month, uh, I had a conversation with Steve Freed from ADM Investor Services, and he made a comment that the uh, that the corn booking pace second half of March through April was going to blow everybody away. Hmm. Um, I, so this may have been something that was scheduled, but it, it, we, it we've been waiting for China to come in and buy corn for quite some time. And the fact that they're not going to get that corn out of Ukraine only ups the odds. I think that it's going to happen. Yeah. So. You know, if uh, the longer it goes in Ukraine, you know, the, the beauty about doing a, a, a media watch chip each morning, which I do, uh, you can get a consensus of what the major media is focusing on. And today I thought this morning, again, I told Brian Grady, you know, boy, now they're focusing on not only uh, the lack of production in Ukraine and the logistics problems, but then the fertilizer issue, yeah. the Canada, uh, you know, glitch with their strike, if you will, uh, you know, work stoppage and CP rail. Absolutely. Yep. And, and that just it, it just gelled today. And I thought, oh, wow, uh, you know, it has hit the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal. So uh, I think we're here right now and heavy focus on it. Okay. Um, yeah, the, I, I, I was going to start off with the biggest question, I think, from last week that the markets was, was dealing with uh, is, will Ukraine get a crop planted? Um, in my opinion... It's increasingly unlikely that that Ukraine is going to plant enough of a crop that they will be a player in the export market in the year ahead. I just don't see it happening. And and their president is just pleading for for uh, for fuel. Yeah, uh, you know, for it. So it again, it's starting to add up. And then the the linkage on that is Chip the. The FAO and the United Nations is, is saying some of the food security problems that are escalating, especially in the emerging markets and, and, and uh, less developing countries. So it's all tying in together. We haven't seen this type of uh, food price run up since the mid 70s. So uh, and USDA on Friday is going to come out with another food price uh, outlook report and uh, they're going to have to increase their food price forecast again again yeah. yep and we've seen the kind of increase in food prices around the globe that social unrest it's just a matter of time isn't it jim before we see some of the vulnerable areas of the world the hot spots 
yeah. start to show us some some social unrest. Yeah, some African nations, and yep. then, uh, you know, uh, it usually services in the in the Middle East. And I know Egypt is very sensitive on the on the wheat yep. sector. Uh, one thing is India is really increasing. I think your wheat prices would be higher had it not been for India really increasing the uh, you know their wheat exports. So yep. I think that has tempered the wheat uh, you know, prices uh, recently where we could have seen the high. I don't know as a result of that. Yeah, there's a lot of concern about the quality of that that supply that's coming out of India. Could be. Yeah, so um, I, I think that's going to be an issue in the week ahead. Uh, hey, just a reminder to everybody that there, if you want to participate in the conversation this morning, there is a comments tab at the bottom or I'm sorry, on the right side of the page, if you click on that, it will bring up a dialogue box for you to jump into the conversation, which Gary already has. Is DC taking country seriously about abandoning the U.S. petrodollar? Petrodollar. I don't know what. Uh, uh, petroleum dollar. dollar. That'd be the default currency. Yeah, I don't not know. They're not. No, absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, And China. Now, I think China is going to make inroads relative to the Russian situation. But when you compare, if you even link uh, China and Russia, uh, their economies, their trade policy, their trade, et cetera, uh, versus the U.S. and our allies, it's not a close contest. Uh, uh, We would still win that one but but it's going to be tempered there's no doubt about it okay but i did want to point out chip we have a number of of, of more than a few southern listeners and and i caught on over the weekend rice world rice now is being priced in as a feed component and it's what about 84 percent uh, you know, you know, versus corn and protein, 84% of the protein in corn. So we could whittle down, uh, those, uh, uh, rice stocks uh, around the world. So I would, I'm going to watch that one in the months ahead. Okay. Yeah. That's not going to last long. Rice has been so slow to engage in the, the, the rally when it does just get out of its way. <laughs> <laughs> Don't don't stand in the way of that thing because when it finally engages in this rally, it, it's going to be fireworks for the rice market, no question. That's why I'm uh, going to track it. Okay. Uh, hey, tell me more about the Canadian Pacific Rail lockout. Well, over the weekend, we had a number of provinces' leaders in Canada write uh, Trudeau, uh, wanting him to step in, <clears throat> but that takes uh, Parliament in in Canada to uh, uh, okay it, Chip, and they come back, much like the U.S. House this week in the U.S. I'm sorry, the Senate, the House is out. Right, right. Uh, uh, that they have to come in, and they're coming back today. So I know Sean Haney has told us he doesn't think that'll ha- happen in the short term. But uh, the longer it goes, the more pressure it will be on their, uh, you know, Prime Minister, uh, uh, their their leader Justin uh, Trudeau. Trudeau. Uh, so and and you can see it. And, and but you know those negotiations began last September, Chip. So, you know, it's it shows you how long these talks go on before they really get to the pressure point. Right. Right. OK. 
Another item that I want to focus on from from last week was the call between President Biden and Chinese President Xi. What did we learn from that? Well, I learned that Xi focused more on Taiwan. I think he uh, more than a, had more than a few words to uh, Biden about Taiwan, like hands off. Uh, it, it, we're still one country, uh, et cetera, where uh, the White House uh, quickly spun uh, the strong words that uh, Biden told uh, Xi uh, relative to their watching, relative to any, any significant help that China gives uh, you know, you know, Russia. So uh, you, you, uh, they, they got their talking points. I didn't see any significant movement toward uh, seeking a peace uh, accord, uh, Chip. And in fact, over the weekend, we saw that Ukraine turned down the latest uh, peace overtures uh, from Russia because they were too strident. Well, Russia asked for the surrender of, what is it, Mariupol? Yeah. Uh, they're not, I, I don't think Ukraine is going to surrender anything, are they? No. No, and they shouldn't, and they shouldn't. There's a Wall Street Journal editorial say uh, that uh, this morning saying, uh, um, like Maggie Thatcher said to Herbert Walker Bush, don't get wobbly now, you know, yeah. and uh, they're saying increase your help to Ukraine, NATO. Now's the time because basically it's a stalemate, Chip. I mean, yeah. they, they uh, now they're bombing they're really raping the uh Maripol. it's it's just horrible yeah. what what yeah. is going on there uh and that's the russian game plan that to that just to pillage uh you know city so yeah, uh, and you cannot have an off ramp for their leader uh, vladimir putin in a situation like that uh, i think it's almost too late yeah oh oh no it is too late it, I, in my opinion, if, if, you know, you see the, the pictures of the, the tanks that are abandoned because they're out of fuel. Yes. Okay. Uh, got, the, uh, uh, Ukrainian farmers backing up to them and hooking chains on and, and towing them away with tractors. It, yeah. it, it, uh, it, it's absolutely astonishing to see happen what is happening and for for a period of time, Jim, I was thinking, oh, he just hasn't unleashed all of the fury of the Russian army yet. I'm I'm not too sure about that now. It it's starting to feel like the fury was never there. That the quality of of their military plus uh uh, Putin is more than nervous right now of the uprisings uh, going on in his own country against him. So he's more than looking behind his uh, shoulder, Chip, if you know what right. I mean. And right. uh, also more than a few are leaving uh, Russia in droves because uh, they like the uh, the prior geopolitics uh, that they got into the global world and they're seeing a life ahead that uh, is not going to be fun for them. Right. Right. Uh, Vice President Harris went to Poland and the trip was such a disaster that they've decided to send in her boss. Uh, I, I hope it goes better this time with, with President Biden. 
I, th- I think it, he, he at least knows talking points. I, I just cannot understand or articulate the problems of our vice president. I, yeah. again, I never like to see a weak leadership in no. our country. And That's she, right. she's weak. She, uh, she's not articulate. Uh, of course, she has a, a, a habit of laughing at the wrong time. You know, if I, if I was a comedian, I'd want her in my audience. I'll tell you that. But right. I'm not a comedian. Uh, she's just she's just not not up to the job. And and I really hate saying that. I really do. Well, President Ukrainian President Zelensky's uh, address to the U.S. Congress last week, Jim, uh, when. It, when, when Speaker Pelosi introduced him, it was almost as if she was she. There, there was glee in her voice for a very solemn event. Yes, she was just she. She was out of her mind that she was be, able to introduce Ukrainian President Zelensky. Um, it was it was just strange. It it's. There, there's such a bad read on the situation from key players in U.S. politics that it, I, I, I don't blame Zelensky for wondering if the U.S. is taking the situation seriously. Yeah, well, he 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 was direct on Biden. He he, he as the leader oh, yeah. of the world, he wants him to lead. He doesn't yeah. want him to lead from behind. So we're going to see uh, what the, uh, um, you know, this morning Biden is talking with our European and NATO uh, allies. And then, of course, then he's going to go over to Brussels later for the NATO event. Right. So let's let, let's hope our leader rises to the occasion. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so for sure. You mentioned the media being focused on rising food prices. Yes. Uh, Probably should be. Um, President Biden is going to have a conversation with Exxon, and I would imagine other energy producers. Yes. He's already blamed them for high gas prices. Well, that was before he blamed Putin. So I don't know. What's he got? Who's who's he going to blame now? Well, he has to show action no matter whether or not it will have uh, impacts or not. So that's from a White House, you know, perspective. You have to say that you're jawboning. But, you know, take, you know, I don't have to defend the oil industry, but what I hear from them is saying, look, even on fracking, we could be up to 15 to 20 percent on fracking, but that won't get us out of the woods because you're not going to have a significant increase in fracking if you're given that industry the signal, which the Biden administration has, that they're going to continue to regulate it. And you right. cannot get investment dollars for that right. from, from the community when they, when they know they're going to put shackles on you. And right. that's the problem. And right. The American public is smarter when they hear uh, the president and others in his administration try to blame Putin for the gas price run up. The first dollar uh, increase was as a result of a, of a host of reasons, not just the administration's reason, but but a lot of it with the yeah. regulatory side, the pipeline situation, et cetera, on the on the Keystone XL pipeline. But the, the last 75 cents or so has been as a result of the of the war uh, yeah. on Ukraine. 
Yeah, I'd say that's about right. I'd say that's about right on on how you've got that split up. It's a confidence issue. Chip on the food angle, uh, yeah. you know, Secretary Vilsack, who who I think is one of the most articulate cabinet members, and we said I said on a AgriTalk on Friday, I cannot imagine why the network news shows on the Sunday news shows don't invite him as yeah. a guest. He would be a great newsmaker because he can he knows how to connect dots. And 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 he knows the the importance of exports because when he was at the dairy uh, yeah. uh, industry group and and he has seen it so I, I think we do need a leader to tie in a a a, a, a lot of uh, aspects of this but he's concerned about a growing number of countries that are pulling in relative to trade uh, stopping fertilizer exports stopping uh, you know food exports etc so. We need a voice like his to say, hey, don't, don't take strident actions here because you're going to make it worse, not better. Right, right. Well, Vilsack was good on trade in the last, what, five years of the Obama, of, of his term under the Obama administration. So he's he's very good on trade, has has been for quite some time and he's good on trade right now it's just that he's he's been told to prioritize in other areas he yeah he he's limited in the trade area yeah. what he can say and uh but he was early on saying we've got too many eggs in one basket being China. And that was before the, you know, Russian invasion. And, and he was right there. It was an accident waiting to happen. That, that didn't mean that he, he didn't want the business with China. He just knew that you're right. just a matter of geopolitics that we're seeing right now, that this trade is vulnerable. Right. Right. Okay. Um, let's move on. The, the Biden budget is coming our way in a week. Uh, it'll it, we should get it next Monday. What what are the uh, the requests to uh, change the corporate and individual tax codes? They're going to go after the wealthy, the one percent again, and they're going to uh, you know show that again. But I don't think it's going to go very far at all. And and on the budget chip, I I just I'm so negative in this town on budgets and not just the White House budget that it's late again, that we just got through the fiscal year 2022 budget almost six months late, you know, and I know appropriators from both political parties, hard workers, their staff, but I'm sorry, you didn't get your work done. And it took you a half a year into a fiscal year. You know, it's just uh, th that whole budget process needs to be reformed uh, more like the state levels. Uh, a number of state, more than a few states get their budgets done on time. Why we can't do that in our nation's capital is beyond me. Right. Right. Absolutely. OK. Uh, there is some movement on the right to repair issue, Jim. Yeah, well, John Deere, I, I put out a late item on John Deere. Uh, they're, con they're feeling the pressure there. They signaled today more open uh, access for customers to service their uh, own equipment. So they got a release out this morning on that one. They said they're going to offer the ability for the remote download of software updates to embedded controllers, et cetera. So I think that's pressure from the 
uh, FTC chip, the Federal Trade Commission. Okay. All right. Uh, we are the the Supreme Court nominee hearing is today, isn't it? It's today and goes several days. And I okay. know some of the Republicans are going to, uh, you should always question. Uh, and there are some areas in which they, they should question her, but I don't think it will be nearly as visceral as it has been for the last two or three on the more conservative uh, 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 side. Right. You've got, uh, uh, minority leader Mitch McConnell's uh, probably going to vote uh, for her. So, yeah, I see some, some uh, uh, not just showboating. I think some of the questions will be sincere, but uh, uh, I, I just hope it doesn't uh, go to the visceral side, and, and I don't expect it will be. But you never know. Some senators uh, from both political parties like to showboat when they know right. the cameras uh, are there. So let's hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> I think she's in. She is going to be approved. There's your yeah. bottom line right away. Yeah, uh, will okay. be very good. I that's what I was going to ask you for right there uh, to bottom line it for us here. Uh, what else, Jim? What do you what What else are we watching in the week ahead? Well, I know the House Ag Committee leadership. That means on the Democratic side is going to come out sometime today if they haven't already with a meat packer hearing again. So watch for that. It, it's not out officially yet, but I, I've got good sources telling me they're putting out something today for a hearing. And uh, when I called a couple Republicans on the House Ag Committee, uh, they were not consulted. So you're gonna see some press statements uh, from them uh, that they're not happy with this singular my, uh, insular uh, approach of the uh, uh, House Ag Committee. So that's going to develop. Uh, we have, I told you, the food price uh, update on Friday that I'm going to be very curious about. But I think this week is the, I know it's probably going to be the back page special of Pro Farmer is on the shipping things because a number of items gelled uh, earlier today about the rising cost of, of ours uh, at the ports in New Orleans. You can just, you, you can see it in the numbers right now. And the uh, logistic snafus from China with their COVID, it's having an impact. Wall Street oh, yeah. has a big story about it. And I have a personal story <laughs> that I talked about in my in my report today. I don't know whether, it, you have to be older probably to like these shoes, but they're called Zeba, Z-E-B-A shoes. They're fantastic. Why are they fantastic? You can put them on and take them off without either sitting down are hurting the are bending the back end of the shoe they're reinforced if you will now you have to be older <laughs> to really appreciate that well i ordered a new pair uh more than a few days ago and they usually come within six to seven business days so i emailed them over the weekend why haven't i received them and i got a nice email right away they're a very good company it's due to logistic problems in China as a result of COVID-19. So now, as I wrote, it's affecting a very important person, me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going to continue. The, the, the point, Chip, is 
we are seeing some progress. We're down to single digits under the backup in the West uh, Coast ports. And that's okay. Good. I don't like single to be digit negative. vessels. Absolutely. Yep. That's a good sign. But yep. this China thing, I mean, it, it's uh, certain ports are really being impacted, Chip. That just means this uh, 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 logistics problem, supply glitches, is, is going to go on longer than people thought. Yeah. Yeah. And, and part of it is because of China's zero COVID policy. Yes. Uh, if, if, if a worker at the port is confirmed uh, with, with having COVID, they're going to shut the port down for a period of time. Yeah. And they have, and they have, yes. and it's uh, it's creating all kinds of issues. Number one, Jim can't get his new pair of shoes. Zeba shoes. And I'm Zeba sorry, shoes. that's important. It, it's obviously, obviously very important. <laughs> um it, and there is another, <laughs> there is another variant that is, is making its way across Europe so far. It, it hasn't been talked about much in the United States yet, although I do know the administration is trying to get word out about this, this new variant, something that we've got to, we've got to keep an eye on. Now, Dr. Fauci... Uh, okay, uh, half of our listeners will just sh- shut their ears right now. Half of them yep. will want to listen. That's how just uh, on That's either how side is. that he is. That's how it is. Yep. He, he said on the weekend that he doesn't think it'll be as significant as the Omicron uh, you know, right. variant. So let's hope he's right there. But prior to that, he was really talking, oh my goodness, we, we have to be very careful again. He even int- intimated that we should shut down again. I thought, oh, the American public will not go through that no. again. They just won't. They just won't. No. That's right. That's right. Okay, Jim, I think we're about wrapped up here. Uh, we need to keep an eye on uh, the thing that I'm going to be watching in the week ahead is I'm going to be looking for that corn demand. That was on my my list of things to watch for first and foremost this week. And of course, developments in Ukraine. Yes, because the longer the war goes on mm-hmm. in Ukraine, uh, the the bigger the uh, the impacts yeah. on the ag markets and fertilizer. Yep. Uh, that it increases. And so it gets you into multiple year uh, markets. And yep. that's the significant that, that it grows. At, it has legs is what we would say right. in, in our industry, Chip. This story has legs because more evidence is going to show up. When you have 30% minimum in Ukraine in the war zone, of their ag sector, it's already a big impact right there, let alone look at all the people that have left Ukraine. Many of them worked uh, in their ag sector. And that's another angle to this. So uh, uh, dips in the market are going to be bought. Um, That's what it tells me because we don't know the end zone on this one yet. That's right. That's right. Uh, On your fertilizer story, I think it becomes bigger this week as we start to get more and more reports that the Brazilian farmers can't get nitrogen for, um, for that Safrina corn crop. And how do you pronounce the company? Nutrien, is it? Nutrien. Nutrien in Canada said that if this uh, work stoppage goes much longer, 
they're going to have to stop or limit production because their warehouses are filled, Chip. Yeah. Isn't that an angle? Yeah. That, that Crazy. Their warehouses are filled in and they don't have any room. So it, right. uh, you would think they could find some more. But anyway, yeah, uh, these these things have so many side angles to them that right. uh, major implications. And then this coming, what is it, next week, the 31st. Oh, that's another one I did want to talk about. Uh, the the end of what, what, you know, March 31, the planning yeah. intentions report. Oh, yeah. NAS is going to make their briefing for the secretary online. Now, yeah. that's, I, I like that. I love transparency, where now I'm getting emails, will the world board do the same thing? Because I think the world board is really part of the NAS briefing. So maybe I've already answered my question, but I'm, I'm going to check with Seth Meyer, the yeah. top economist, and then uh, Jack Janowski, the world board chairman. But that's an interesting development. Why, why, yeah. even, even to go back with NAS, why did they d decide to offer them on oh, it's, online? Oh, it's all transparency. It's, it's all, it, it, absolutely. Um, I've talked with Lance about Lance Honig about it, uh, the chief of the crops branch there at, at uh, NAS. And it is all about being as transparent as possible with the survey and the numbers as they possibly can. Well, so I applaud them for that. Yeah. The, the briefings are going to start five minutes after the reports are released. So, well, and it's going to start with the 30 of the hogs and pigs report. That's right. Yes, that's right. So yep. that means livestock included. So it's not just grains, audience. It's the right. meat sector as well. But I think that's a significant development, first time ever. You know, yep. so those are always. And if you, you know, if you want to get a look at what it's what it's going to look like, some of their past briefings are available on the NAS YouTube channel. So okay. go take a look at it. All right, we're we're going to wrap things up with that this morning on AgriTalk. We've got Machinery Pete, and we're going to talk clean fuels with Donnell Rehagen. Corn is, uh, let's call it 14 to 15 cents higher. Soybeans, 25 to 30 cents higher. And wheat pushing 50 cents higher this morning. Crude oil, four to four, four to four and a half dollars higher as we speak. Have a great week, everybody. Keep watching for those signals.